Live from the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, the only local show taking a principled stand on the issues of the day. This is how it happens. It's the natural process of things. The view of the entrenched is predictable, but it's also erroneous. With Sean Seacrease. We have an addiction in this country, not only to government welfare and government handouts, but more fundamentally to other people's money. And Quaid. Again, you're dancing with government. This is the morning meeting. You cannot continue to advocate for status quo when status quo has run the ship aground. On Talk Radio 930, WTAD. I think the way that's the way we should uh, try to filter through some more things in life, Quade. Run them by my cousin. Yes, <laughs> I would be more than happy to Let's, have. We can make that happen. To have Donnie be the arbiter. We need to. What's his availability? We might need to make him a part of the show. <laughs> oh, is this a good idea or not? It, well, he can I, say. It might be good for the in-between segments. Let's he, put it that way. Well, either that or, or you can just do your impersonation. Yeah, nobody'd know. I could do him well enough that people would be fooled. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Squade, alongside you. You're going to get to know producer Josh a little bit better here as I've got some more tickets. We do. I have them physically in my hand, but the show has them. You, the listeners, not me. Yes, yes. Uh, Chances for you to go to the Patriot Expo this Saturday afternoon. We'll give you a chance to do that. And Aaron Baker, it is going to be an intriguing drive through the show me state today quade it was the veto override session yesterday Mm. uh the minority party in missouri has their underwear all crisscrossed and in a bunch the 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 pq the previous question policy was used to initiate the override of two contentious issues in the show me state and and that we haven't even gotten to uh, to an interesting one. The uh, Supreme Court in Missouri is hearing arguments on Amendment 3 today. This is the uh, issue we talked with Aaron Baker about that would see the increase to uh, tobacco taxes for education. Hmm. We've talked about this before on the show. He'll guide us through that. This is the one where there could be competing language on the ballot for two oh, yeah. different things. And if they're both passed, then they could stack. And so this is this is one of the reasons that the Supreme Court has to get involved in Missouri now that we're less than, what, 60 days out from the general. You have this issue with the court, so this is going to be mm-hmm. a contentious time, and uh, it should be very interesting with Aaron Baker going deep dive in Missouri today. You want to go to the Patriot Expo this Saturday afternoon? Will you? Okay, I know I spoke out of turn. And told the audience that you may have the chance to be there. What now? It's Thursday. Do you have you gotten with your handlers? Do you know what your travel schedule is? Uh, I will be in town this weekend. Uh, I do have some responsibilities early uh, Saturday, but I know you promised everybody that I would be there. I did that tongue in cheek. Yeah, you tell everybody here. that I was like going to do anything while I was no, there. No, 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 no. Maybe sign some autographs, <laughs> kiss some babies. That kind of thing. 
You I'll want do to go? Some selfies. We still have tickets left for you. Thanks again to uh, Glenn Bemis uh, for, for providing these tickets as well as the leadership mm-hmm. of the Quincy Tea Party. You want to go? Just give uh, producer Josh a buzz this morning here on the morning meeting. We will hook you up. Handful of tickets left. If you just want one for yourself, that's fine. If you want uh, one for yourself, one for your significant other, obviously. If you want to take maybe your two and you want to bring somebody who's mm-hmm. never been to one of these events and you need a third ticket, I can get you hooked up there as well. 223-9300. 223-9300. I'm just going to let producer Josh know here. It looks like we've got, uh, let's say, seven. T- are you, do you want one of these? Are you going to go? You want me to give am me I one gonna, of these? Am I going to need one or can You're I gonna, borrow the a press pass? From, you're going to uh, take one of those that makes it real easy because now we've got uh it's an even number that's right we've got uh pairs of twos so producer josh you're good to give away up to eight there this morning as we get going okay here on the morning meeting 223-9300 you can talk with us on the air if you'd like if not just tell producer josh hey thank you i'll take a couple of those tickets and uh, we'll get you all squared away you just have to come down to the station pick them up today or tomorrow and then they'll get you in the door on saturday afternoon 223 9300 for tickets to the Patriot Expo this weekend. Town and Country Inn and Suites. That ticket covers some hors d'oeuvres and drinks as well. And Bruce Clark, Nikki Deppi, who've been on the show, Ben Yount. You can hear all those luminaries speak. Yeah, Ben Yount. You don't just get to hear him. You get to see him. You can ask him questions that uh, you want us to ask that we haven't asked. You can go ahead and ask Ben Yount. While well, and there. he said before, uh, and he said it this, uh, this Tuesday while you were gone, he's more comfortable doing question and answer session than he is just standing up there giving a soliloquy. And I, you're going to get more that. out of Ben, knowing yeah. Ben. You're going to get more out of him if you come with questions, you come with something that's a topic on your mind, and mm-hmm. he can kind of illuminate you, especially uh, on the national scene as well. He's very versed, but uh, his his wheelhouse is, of course, what's going on here in Illinois. That's all to celebrate Constitution Day coming up this Saturday, uh, 223-9300, 223-9300 this morning here. To get hooked up, courtesy of the morning meeting, and uh, thanks to those who provided the tickets to us. This is yet another thing that I am frustrated over, Quaid. We've got a bunch of stuff to get to. I want to do this, and then we've got some national stuff to cover real quick, because you need to know these things that are going on. Cowards! Number one, uh, the Republicans uh, in the the House, not in Illinois, I'm talking about... Nationally, yeah, in in D.C. By the way, did you hear the story that I was told about the uh, uh, license plates or the the, the license plate vanity covers that are now making the rounds in D.C.? Uh, Maybe. Taxation without representation. Taxation without representation, which is, to me, an odd choice for a vanity frame around your... in, In that... Especially, well, anywhere in this country, but Mm -hmm. specifically there. Yes. So they're 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 sounding this alarm bell that they are being unfairly taxed without having their own representatives and senators there, even though the town is largely made up of those who are being sent there from other states around the around the country, who then they are there to express those votes on behalf of their constituents. Is is the problem there really the taxation? Or do you think the problem's the representation? I think that's... We could, we could solve this by just alleviating the taxation. That's an awful long tag to put on a vanity plate, but I like where you're going. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I understand the sentiment. 
Um, but I, I and I and I'm not you know if 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 the frame is a complaint that the people in the district think that that's their situation. I, I think when the story was relayed to me, it was a a rallying cry for something that we should do. That was the way it was relayed to me when the story got told. That there should be more taxation without representation. Oh, no. I think I mean, I'm not really sure that that's what they're going for there. Yeah, of that story. Uh, the Illinois Supreme Court said Tuesday now that it will not reconsider its ruling earlier this month to keep the proposed remap amendment to the Illinois Constitution off the ballot. The governor was in favor of this. He asked the legislature to get something done. They eventually put something together. But the Supreme Court in Illinois, who voted strictly 4-3 along party lines, has said that no, citizens, you will not be allowed to decide if there should be an independent map commission drawing the maps for the constituencies around the state of Illinois. They had more than half a million signatures trying to get on the ballot and now, afterwards, uh, the chairman of the uh, event, Dennis Fitzsimmons, said, with this ruling, we really don't know if there's any way forward. So we'll see how this continues uh, to shake out. There was a, um, a, key p- a key phrase that was used by the majority Democrat council, uh, uh, court, I on should court. say, yeah. as to why they threw it out. The piece of of the uh, uh, Constitution that they grabbed onto in Illinois, the Supreme Court said that the proposal would improperly add duties to the Office of State Auditor General. So they threw the entire thing out. It would improperly add duties. You can tell who didn't write the criteria for the officers in the state of Illinois because it doesn't include the line duties as assigned. Uh, It would improperly add duties to the state's Office of Auditor General. So they threw out the entire proposal, Mm -hmm. over a million signatures collected, uh, took the issue away from the voters to decide if there should be an independent map commission. Nothing's going to be perfect, and I understand that. But I think getting an independent map commission that is modeled on the nationwide premier system that Iowa uses would have gotten us a whole heck of a lot closer than what we have now, which is a process in which representatives essentially draw the district that they want. So this is, to me, is it a is it a politically motivated? You'd have to think so when the court votes strictly along party lines and you get a 4-3 win for a Democrat party who doesn't want the independent maps drawn, and they cite something as minuscule as would improperly add duties to the state's auditor general as the reason for throwing the whole thing out. So you're left with, do you go back and re, redraw you know, the, the, the duty list for the auditor general? Does, does the governor go, all right, fine, I'll go back? Say, uh, well, can, can you do that without amending the Constitution? It's which which document draws those up, and it's mm-hmm. different in each state. And I don't know exactly how that is uh, in Illinois, but the the fact that they're citing the criteria of the state Constitution, the uh, the Supreme Court did, and then used it, I would say that those duties would probably be defined uh, as a constitutional officer there. Yeah. So the 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 situation being now, the the side for the people 
uh, getting those lines redrawn, not by elected officials. We're going to need a more thorough legal team. It's, that's what it sounds like to me. I'd uh, say that's a fair assessment. Uh, dotting I's, crossing T's, looking for places where uh, holes could be poked in the uh, the suggestion for the uh, legislation. So uh, that that's kind of where, you know, if you're going to fall back and you're trying to see where this might go, I think that's where it will end up at this point in time. I know the governor has said you got to look to 2018, mm-hmm. and maybe that's the case following that path. Yeah, I think that's a fair postmortem as we take a first look at this. Hopefully the issue is not dead and they will be able to regroup. Coming up this morning on the morning meeting, hiding politically sensitive information during election season. This administration wouldn't do that, would it? And Republican cowardice. This has me more amped up than anything else. That is, we continue. Aaron Baker coming up. And if you want those Patriot Expo tickets, we still have some left. Give us a call here on the morning meeting, 223-9300. The morning meeting continues next. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. Morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Sigrid Squaid, Aaron Baker, Axiom Strategies. He's not on a garbage barge or in some uh, cow pasture or at a governor's ham breakfast this morning. Right at a county fair. Yeah, right. I, I think we've got them all to ourselves this morning, and uh, that's going to be good because it was it was a wild day in the Show Me State yesterday. Uh, if you're not packing already, just go ahead and just start. But not right now. Those The laws don't take effect until, what, January 1st or January 21st? Mm. Can't remember what day it is in Missouri. But just because of the veto override yesterday doesn't mean, like, nine mil in your belt today. Right. So you, you still got to wait for a little bit. Well, sure, but Missouri is now the 11th state to constitutional uh, carry. And it's got some people freaked out. And, and, and maybe that's a good thing. I was going to say that's going to be part of that conversation coming up with Aaron Baker here on the morning meeting. National polls to be aware of uh, new surveys showing that Donald Trump is enjoying a surge right now. Clinton was leading in virtually every swing state after the conventions. Now you've got a Monmouth University poll showing Trump two points up in Nevada. Uh, Bloomberg showing him five points up in Ohio. CNN poll showing him leading in Florida and Ohio. Uh, that Florida won uh, 46-41, Ohio 47-44. Uh, it's not all roses for Trump, though. Uh, Quinnipiac showing that a national poll coming out yesterday has Hillary leading 48-43. But that number, a five-point lead, that's still quite narrower than when in, what, early August she was shown leading just about every poll by about 10. Now, the question I have for you is, are these polls all head-to-head, or are these four-way polls? We covered this while you were were away earlier this week. These polls, I would lead to believe from the way they're phrasing this, are head-to-head. The the four-way polls that they mention – uh, here at the bottom of the of the write-up, uh, show that Clinton continues to lead by two 
in those. Gary Johnson, when considered in the four-way, it seems to be taking voters away from Trump, which of the two you would say, yes, those who would consider voting for Johnson are most likely going to also be considering Trump and probably unlikely to be considering Clinton at this point. So in head-to-heads right now, you can see Trump with leads in battleground states, but in the four-way vote, Trump tends to lose about five to six points as Johnson's polling right around nine. So not enough to win anything, but enough in an ultra-tight year to play spoiler. Mm, And that's always the fear uh, when you get that uh, third-party candidate in. Um, Jill Stein continues to grab about 1%. Is it just just one? Completionists say. Sure. Um, Uh, She's polling up to 3% in some areas, but... Johnson's goal, and if you're Johnson, you 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 know you gotta play like you you know you're you're in this for real. His goal is to get enough uh, of the polling percentages so that he can be included in the debates. That's that's his thing right now. After yesterday, I thought his goal was to win over Dwayne Lester, because Dwayne was none too you know happy what? D- uh, with Johnson yesterday. Well, and I totally understand that. Um, Dwayne Lester, not uh, he's in that uh, none of the above uh, group right now. Mm-hmm. And earlier he was leaning. Well, there's there's the Libertarian candidate, but the the more Johnson's been, you know, out speaking, answering questions. Dwayne's decided I'm back to none of the above. Yeah, as we were talking about yesterday, he's the girlfriend in the car who won't tell you where she wants to go eat, but doesn't want any of the choices you've laid out. <laughs> no, Dwayne, being picky, and that that works the other way too. I've had. I've had uh, uh, ladies who are friends of mine tell me they found themselves uh, in that situation uh, with a picky really? guy or two. I know it's hard for us to imagine that because we're not picky eaters. Right. But I guess it, it does happen uh, now and again. Federal lawmakers seeking to pinpoint the number of illegal immigrants who are successfully sneaking across our southern border ordered up a report from the Department of Homeland Security. But, and this is what's making headlines today, the agency refuses to release that report Instead, they keep citing misleading statistical evidence that overstates the number of people who are uh, who are uh, picked up at the border, who are apprehended at the border crossing. These are these are their own statistics. Yes, yes, they are. They conducted this, mm-hmm. and so they're well. Their it was no- conducted they, they, in conjunction with. Uh, extra governmental parties is now, what is, is they, cited in the report. Okay, so they hired somebody. Mm-hmm. They don't believe the data they've been given? No, it paint, here's the problem. The agency has long claimed that they catch 80% of adults who try to sneak in. That report actually, apparently uh, from leaked sources who spoke on you know the old conditions of anonymity, the report actually puts it at less than 50 now, is this 80% of people we see? They say 80% of adults that try to come across the border illegally. This is the admission from Department of Homeland Security. This is their number that they work with. They tell everybody, we get 80% of adults coming across. First of all, this should be the equivalent of, of shooting free throws. A number less than 90% shouldn't be acceptable. <laughs> Secondly, the actual report is said to put the number at sub-50%. Now... If that's true, you can see where the political gamesmanship comes in. They have said the report won't be ready before the general election. Certainly not. Control the message. Yes. So, of course, that report, if that is in fact the case, which sources are saying it is, even though the DHS won't release it officially, 
that runs contrary to the narrative that the Obama administration has been espousing Mm -hmm. that the borders are, in fact, secure. You're letting in. You can't catch more than fifty percent. Now you're just an abject failure. Well, and 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 I know that there have been guests on this show before who live along that border. Yeah, and I don't know that that there've been. I don't know that we've had guests who work for border patrol, uh, whose job it is to to protect that. I don't the, think the, we I, have. I, I I don't. But I know people who live along that border have a mm-hmm. completely different experience. Than those than numbers, the, than the whitewash right. opinion of the Obama administration. Well, and and that to me is is a key uh, tactic in this race. This race has, with Trump saying build the wall as one of his major positions, border security has become a huge issue. Mm-hmm. And a report released that shows that under the Obama administration, DHS is not only lying about the number, but actually catching less than fifty percent of those trying to sneak across. And you have a, a Hillary saying four more years of the Obama policy. I mean, that's that's going to be big this year. By the way, this wasn't some witch hunt that was put out by legislators. The report apparently is routine whenever the House and Senate Appropriations Committee meets and puts together their fiscal omnibus bill. So they just requested this as part of the reports they get for the for the for the fiscal omnibus bill, and were denied the report, uh, or at least told it wasn't ready. Well, it kind of sounds like we were told it's inaccurate. Well, that's now the leaks coming out saying, no, the, the report's accurate, but it, it contradicts the long-time line that DHS has used that, yeah, we get 80% of them. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see over here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I know we'll, we'll have to keep this short, but uh, earning my ire for today, the Republicans in the House, these cowards reached an agreement late yesterday to avoid a, quote, potentially divisive floor vote to impeach IRS Commissioner John Koskinen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they signed off on a deal to scrap the vote for a, quote, privileged impeachment resolution that was supposed to take place today. Instead, the House Judiciary Committee will consider Koskinen's impeachment. Uh, The IRS boss expected to testify sometime next week. The agreement makes it unlikely that any vote by the full House to impeach Koskinen will happen until after the November election. That's right. This goes back to, remember, the charges against him are that he was using the IRS as a cultural at the behest of the Obama administration to go after Tea Party groups, to go after conservatively aligned PACs, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and sort of batter them into submission, basically suppressing their free speech and their right to endorse the candidates that they so choose by bogging them down with paperwork, denying them uh, certain tax statuses and so forth, using the IRS as a weapon against citizens. This, to me, is just spinelessness on behalf of Republicans. What what they're citing for doing this, House Republican leadership balked at moving forward during an election season with the impeachment because... They thought that the impeachment vote might risk irritating voters. So they're not willing to do what's right or at least have the have the impeachment proceedings because, you know what, ah, that might irritate some voters. So they're willing to play now political gamesmanship with this on this end when they raised holy hell when the IRS was being used as a conjugal against Tea Party groups. Some rhinos don't like Tea Party groups, mm-hmm. of course. 
So this this to me is the worst sort of spinelessness. And if you think that we only go after liberals when this happens, that let this stand as evidence because we've gone after Republicans who who do this, who are who are who lack the conviction to follow through and just want to play gamesmanship with us. Well, we don't. This is the very reason that you see so many outsider candidates succeeding is because we want you to go after wrong when you see it. We want you to pursue misdoings in an appropriate time. Justice here in this country should be swift. Go after this. This has not been swift in any way. And and this is what we've talked about with with Dwayne, with Ben, and that job one of these elected officials is to remain an elected official first. Mm -hmm. If the other stuff fits into that, okay, then we'll move forward with that at the right time. But first and foremost, I need to get reelected. By the way, procedure on this House just needs a simple majority to impeach a federal official. That's like a grand jury indictment. Then the Senate holds the trial and you need two thirds of the senators to vote them guilty and remove them from office. So the House serves as the grand jury, Mm -hmm. issues the impeachment, and then the Senate follows through with the trial. So it's not a unilateral move that could be done by the House. But still, these decisions are the the, the living basis for the fact of the discontent on both sides of the aisle with what's going on in Washington. It also sends a message that uh, you can continue on doing what you want to do and there won't be any consequences, other than perhaps somebody might get called in front of a, an oversight committee. Coming up, Aaron Baker, a deep dive into Missouri. It was veto override day yesterday, and things got wild in Jeff City. That next on The Morning Meeting. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. This is Dennis Miller, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting. Here on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Quaid, thank you for joining us this morning. Quaid, I'm just unboxing my new Aaron Baker, Missouri action figure. It comes with a nine that goes in the belt. No voter ID required. Well, it does have. I should say no. No concealed carry permit required. But it does have. It does have a little ID so that you can vote. Does it? Does it also have the veto override scoreboard checklist? No, that's an add-on accessory. We uh-huh. have to get that in the next aisle. Aaron Baker, life-sized version, with us this morning on the morning meeting. It was a wild day in Jefferson City yesterday, Aaron. Yeah, it was a little unfortunate that I have uh, texting services from Missouri Times when there's uh, a news item, and they send out a text every time the legislature overrode the governor, and basically it blew up my phone the entire entire day. So uh, the Missouri Times is always on top of things, it seems. Yeah, Scott Fawn, who uh, occasionally tags in <laughs> for Aaron on top of that. Uh, check it out uh, if you haven't, MissouriTimes.com. All right, I want to start with a couple of things that got overridden. Obviously, we're going to go to the top of the scoreboard. Uh, the... Gun bill became law after vote, both chambers uh, vote to override the governor's veto. This is what is sort of colloquially referred to as constitutional carry across the country. Missouri, now part of a growing list of states who are going to this. 
Uh, the, the Supreme Courts have ruled that there is no constitutional provision for this, but yet legislatures continue to adopt it across the country, and it looks like Missouri is going here. So it's not today. We were careful to say this at the top of the show. It's not today because of the veto override <laughs> yesterday. You have to wait for it to become law most likely in January, I think, is uh, when it happens in Missouri. But this is the no-permit-required go-ahead-and-carry bill, essentially. Yeah, so it becomes law in 30 days, so that, that's uh, great news. And uh, it was approved yesterday by a mostly party-line vote, and I would think listeners in Illinois would be shocked by the uh, mostly party-line vote totals here. 24-6 uh, to 6 party party-line vote in the state Senate, and, and that is purely party-line. So 24 Republicans voted uh, on the, for this, six Democrats opposed the override. Uh, the bill then moved to the House, where it was quickly approved, 112 to 41. So uh, pretty big margins. Obviously, uh, in support of constitutional carry, it makes Missouri the 11th state to have constitutional carry. And again, it becomes law in 30 days. If you're in Illinois and you're not familiar with Missouri politics, think of Missouri as a sort of yin to your yang. Democrats mm. enjoy the, <laughs> yeah. the tremendous, tremendous supermajority in Illinois. Republicans enjoy the same advantage in Missouri. Things got a little heated from what I what I saw on the floor. Uh, uh, Kim Gardner was the first Democrat to, to talk on this, the re- representative. And after that, uh, her remarks were, were derided as nonsensical ramblings. There was audible booing. Did anybody pull a piece on the floor, which would have been apropos? Well, it, it it's a contentious issue, you know, urban versus rural legislators, and uh, obviously very emotional stances. Uh, Mom's demand action was there uh, in opposed to uh, the override. The NRA was there in full force yesterday. The Missouri cattlemen were there uh, promoting a couple bills that really mattered to them. And so you had some pretty big rallies at the Capitol and some pretty heated exchanges. We opened a day with uh, Senator Jamila Nasheed, uh, not standing, a, a Democrat from St. Louis, not standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. It's also made the news. Uh, so it was a, a pretty interesting and contentious day in Jefferson City. And and, and by law, the veto session, the, the day to do this is set by law every September. It's one day and uh, uh, quite a showdown. What was the percentage on the uh, scorecard for the vetoes that were overridden? All right, so you've got, I, I believe there was only one that, that failed uh, to be overridden. You've, you have 12 bills that were uh, overridden, uh, 95 bills in Nixon's entire time, eight years in office, 95 times a decision that he's made on a bill. Uh, the legislature overrode that decision and became law, is kind of barely used before then, maybe two or three overrides a year, or they would just come to Jefferson City, say a few words, close business without overriding anything. But uh, 12 times yesterday, lawmakers overrode uh, Governor Nixon and and eight and 95 times in the last eight years. That, that's pretty remarkable. 
Aaron Baker with us this morning on the morning meeting. We could do a whole show on this, but just give us the short version now. You mentioned this was barely ever used historically in Missouri before Governor Nixon. Ferguson uh, is part of his legacy. Now the, the governor who is always overridden seems to be part of his legacy. But, but what, what does this do to his legacy? This is a guy who at one time was primed for a, a, a national stage job, maybe even a cabinet-level position, and now he just seems to be persona non grata. Well, I think the Ferguson damaged him more than anything uh, amongst his own party as well. You can be a Democrat and, and be overridden by a Republican supermajority and, and save face uh, for uh, nomination to a department director in, in D.C. under a perhaps Clinton presidency. But you can't have the, the mess on that happened in Ferguson as part of your legacy and, and, and do so. He was an early supporter of... Clinton, though, and, you know, perhaps if she won, could still be the director of the Department of Interior or something that would be a natural fit for him. But obviously, uh, it would be be pretty difficult. Scott Baker, Axiom Strategies, our Aaron Baker. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm like making one person out of it's Scott Fawn and, and, and Aaron Baker. You do that version. with action figures. <laughs> yeah, you could do that with action figures. They've done it uh, with sheep as well, from what I understand. Uh, Aaron Baker, our guest this morning on the morning meeting. You're now going to have to show some sort of government-recognized ID to vote in Missouri. This was the other big piece, in my mind, on the override yesterday, Aaron. And this this got crazy. Democrats had been pushing all the time, since at least spring, for Republicans to name a situation in which this bill would have prevented voter uh, fraud in Missouri. Republicans then brought up two Democratic members of the chamber involved in current or past <laughs> instances. And uh, uh, Mike Colonna, the Democrat from St. Louis, I said, you can't use those. Those are red herrings. Well, they're going on right now, Mike. They seem to disprove your opinion. And th this is this is a contentious issue because it's seen to have political ramifications, whether it's true or not. The, the overriding narrative is Democrats don't want voter ID because uh, undocumented voters are more likely to vote Democrats, whereas Republicans want it because uh, more more traditional citizens, those who are here legally, are more likely to vote Republican. I don't think it's actually that easy to break down, but that's the kind of overwhelming narrative. Sure. This, though, this, I think, is a step that I love to see, even though, was it Representative Stacey Newman said, there's been no documented cases of voter impersonation or fraud since the 30s, and that would cost the state $17 million to implement. Yeah, it's going to be costly to implement, but if you had documented cases, then you would have fraud. So the fact that people aren't being caught shouldn't relax our minds or, or have us be less vigilant. That's right. Uh, you know, they often also list the amount of folks that are registered to vote still that don't have a government-issued ID, maybe a driver's license, et cetera. I live in a really small town, and we asked for the list uh, for my community, and I, I looked through it. It was folks that um, are in a nursing home and, and would not want, probably not uh, vote anyway. Uh, people that are my age that have moved away that have no intentions of voting. And so sometimes their numbers are inflated. For us, Republican, as the legislature is in Missouri, we have many Democrat statewide officials, which could change this year. Typically, our Secretary of State in the past has been mostly held by Democrats. And, of course, Democrats have not pursued uh, any cases of voter fraud. These, these Democrats in the legislature have been given examples or serve as examples, but they ignore that. Uh, if, if someone needed an ID that did not have one, a free one would be provided to them. It was a very good debate, uh, but, but simply history and the facts are not on the side of, of 
the Democrats' talking points, and uh, Republicans were able to move this through pretty easily. Now, I will point out, this is only enabling legislation in, in Missouri state statutes. Because courts have thrown that out in the past, it's paired with a constitutional amendment uh, put on the ballot by Will Krause, who's been on the show in the past, mm-hmm. that voters will have to vote on in the November. So that's going to have to be a yes as well, uh, which polling says that it probably will be. A yes for voter ID in November uh, will be paired with this enabling language, and then that will be the law of the land of the state. Should we expect fraud in that (laughs) election? (laughs) Uh, Very few. There's very few opponents uh, in Missouri. NEA of all of all people, uh, a teacher organization, has been kind of moving the most money towards opposing that campaign. But really, there's not an organized pro or con uh, organization. Uh, working on the voter ID issue, I, I think that polling shows that that it will just pass in Missouri. Uh, we we talk about the language of certain amendments. What is the what's the number on the voter ID amendment? And you were saying that that, that people listening should vote yes for it. Uh, boy, I, I I don't have that I don't have that right now. Uh, we can go through the numbers in the in the future. We've got several issues on the ballot in Missouri. Uh, some of which, like this one, the legislature has put on the ballot. Others that that signature gathering efforts have put on the ballot uh and we can go over that on a future call but uh or future interview but uh again i really do think that this is going to pass um and voters will give its full consideration in november aaron baker our guest this morning here on the morning meeting uh one more issue to get to before we let you go uh the supreme court in missouri hearing amendment three oral arguments today. Where are we at on this? What exactly is at stake? You've tried to walk us through this before. This is tobacco <laughs> money for education. There are sure. multiple issues. It gets confusing. What's in front of the Supreme Court and, and what role could they play with their decision? Sure. When when voters in Missouri sign the petition that moves that Amendment 3 through the process, they sign language that courts have found to be unfair and misleading. And the fiscal note, uh, what the fiscal impact on the state and local governments would be, was also found to be uh, not accurate. And so this lawsuit is basically saying, look, if that if what they signed wasn't accurate and doesn't reflect what's going to be on the ballot, then their signatures should be in, invalid. And so that's in front of the Supreme Court today. Uh, and the Supreme Court will decide whether or not uh, that issue will be on the ballot and whether or not those signatures are valid, since what folks signed doesn't match what what actually is happening. Aaron, that's a lot at stake. What's their timeline? Uh, it, they they will give a decision. I would assume that decision would come this coming week. Now, if you remember, this is a, a tobacco tax scheme that puts big tobacco versus little tobacco because it basically takes big to, uh, extra tax on big on big tobacco's competitors to give big tobacco a larger market share. Uh, it's for early childhood education, but several education groups oppose it. Health groups, uh, American Cancer Society, et cetera, oppose it because for, for various reasons. There's a lot in Amendment 3 to oppose, and that's probably going to be uh, one of the largest, uh, most contentious uh, ballot issues that you're going to see in Missouri if the Supreme Court leaves it on. All right, we'll continue to follow this as the Missouri Supreme Court makes their decision on it, and we'll talk about those ramifications with Aaron in the future. Aaron Baker, Axiom Strategies, that was a lot of important topics to get to today. We took a vote on whether or not we were going to have you on. Luckily, it wasn't done in Missouri, so they couldn't override us, and we're grateful for your time again this morning, bud. I appreciate that. Aaron Baker, our guest. We wrap up the morning meeting next here on WTAD. 
giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. Good morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Swade alongside you. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, coming up tomorrow on the morning meeting. Plenty to talk about with the seeming Trump surge. What's going on with Hillary's health? How is her campaign now trying to regain their footing in the wake of the drama over the pneumonia and so forth? So plenty of stuff to talk about with Craig. Or, or as Bill tomorrow. just called, it's just a flu. Yeah, it's, she's just got some stuff. She's got well, you know, kids spontaneously run up to her on sidewalks, and we know kids are just little petri dishes of germs. So it's it's her overwhelming caring, Quaid. That kids I think kids just run up to her. You didn't see the video clip that they I staged. I did see a yeah, video clip. I've been I've been one kind of video clip that. does not make a trend. Well, you could see her wave to the kid like, "Come on, like you're supposed to come over." <laughs> and then the kid runs over, That's and your cute. It's the kid. only time that you know she's not just. You know, that, that, that her personal bodyguards aren't in her personal space. They've cleared off to give her that, that photo op moment, you know, with the little kid to run. I'm surprised they didn't have the kid, like, hand her a flower or something. Anyway, uh, here is evidence. I know there's been a lot of, of social justice commentary about the, uh, the abysmal nature of this country. But as I said on the show, we have to understand, we can talk about the things we get wrong, but we get 80% of the conversation right. We can hash the details out later. And if this isn't a tribute to the greatness of this nation, I don't know what is. Bring it. New York is going to have to now shut down their free sidewalk Wi-Fi kiosks because of complaints that the homeless are watching too much porn. <laughs> How great is this country where the homeless population has enough smartphones and tablets that they can then charge them for free at the Wi-Fi kiosks and get online? I mean, you want to talk about you want to talk about poor and destitute? Go to some other countries. We might not have every answer right here, but when our homeless have enough computing power to take advantage of the free Wi-Fi put out, um, I, I, you I know would, what? You've won the lottery just by being born here, even if you're born poor in America. So the, so the problem isn't that they want to take away the Wi-Fi because walking up and down the street, the homeless are watching adult entertainment. Wow. That's, that's right. Josh is smirking back there behind the board. Somebody's always ruining it for somebody else. All right. That's going to do it for us. Craig Robinson coming up and more tomorrow here on The Morning Meeting. Morning Meeting adjourned. Join us again tomorrow for the best talk in the tri-states. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.